listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got week nine in the NFL kicking off later on tonight as we get set for a busy weekend, not only in the NFL, but also college football. What is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday? Let me ask you a question, Jonas. When you have like a task that you're not anxious to do and you have another one that you're more anxious, do you try to do the first one, the the tough one first or do you uh, procrastinate it off? No, I always do the worst first. All right, then. Let's yeah. go through this COVID stuff. And we're listen, I don't know how to analyze it. There's so much of it. But I think at least set in the context of how influential, impactful this looks to be, not only tonight, but this weekend, we got to do it. Yeah, seemingly every team in the NFL is dealing with a COVID issue right now. It seems like we've got the Bears and Texans who have shut down their facilities. The Chiefs and Raiders have players that are dealing with COVID. Trent Brown, most notably for the Raiders. Chris Jones for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, You've got uh, guys that have been in close contact. You've got the Packers who are missing two running backs because of close contact concerns because of COVID. So seemingly this is an issue uh, this week more so than others so far this season. No doubt. And I I do think it's a marvel that it's all being taken. Like literally at this point, if it was a prior year and they said starting running back for the Packers, hamstring pull questionable for Sunday. I think the reaction at this point, you know, same player placed on the COVID list and right or wrong, however you want to think about it, it feels like to me, and maybe that's my first question, uh, does anyone disagree? Now, Jonas, we'll start with you. Does it, doesn't it does it feel like that every team, all the media outlets, everybody pretty much has taken it all in stride? Yeah, you just that's all that you can do. I mean, we're in the middle of a season. You're only at the halfway point. We, it feels like we've used up uh, a bunch of buys already and a bunch of bye weeks for several teams. So it's why earlier this week there was the thought that if if they find themselves in a situation to where you come across two teams that you can't move and you can't reschedule later on, then you're going to have to look at an 18th week during the regular season. It's why there's been talk about expanding the postseason to – to, to include uh, 16 teams as opposed to the 14. It just feels like the NFL is trying to cram as much as they can in until they have nowhere to move, and then they t- start thinking about extending the season. And my understanding is on the, you know, just through the media side, is the NFL has the week of the Super Bowl booked and the next week and the week after. There's literally, my understanding is three weeks booked at this point where – they're ready, right? Meaning if, it, if there's got to be a week 18, fine. If there's got to be a week 19, it'll be fine, uh, you know, at least in that regard. So we're straight out of Vegas. I'm R.J. Bell. Fez, it's not as if, though, they might be taking it in stride, but the effects are not small. And all we got to do is look at the line on Green Bay, San Francisco tonight's game, which we're going to fully cover at the end of the hour, but give us a line update and where it's come from, especially once the COVID news started popping. Sure. So Green Bay is currently a six and a half point favorite. Had just dropped down from seven, RJ. Going back in time, the look ahead line on this game was pick them. And then on Monday, it opened up Green Bay minus three. So all the money on the Packers all week long. And now some buyback here on Frisco right as the game approaches. Now, remember, the look ahead line is before 
the prior week's games. So right now we would be looking ahead at week 10, the current look ahead line. So what is missing is the one set of games coming up in that weekend in between. Well, with San Francisco, obviously Jimmy G out, Kittle out. So you could make the case the move from Pickham to three, which happened from the look ahead to the sun, last Sunday's opener, right after the 49ers played, you know, maybe that's three there. I mean, obviously, Jimmy G's not worth a ton at this point. So what? Kittle's worth one and Jimmy G's worth two? Does that sound right, Fez? Sounds spot on, RJ, with Jimmy G scuffling and having a subpar year. And especially, I mean, I, I mean, thank God he's still shaving, right? You can still see his jawline. I know that's very important to you. But, I mean, how upset would you be if he came in, like, with a Jeremiah Johnson beard? Like, where it was just like a, just a furball under it. And you couldn't, you know, he could have a double chin or not. You wouldn't know. And what's the point then of being Jimmy G? Exactly. So save that for Ryan Fitzpatrick, and we got to keep this man groomed. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's Steve Fezzik. Okay, so it is kind of a shocker. Jimmy G's only worth two, but it feels right. And then since, though, here's the noteworthy part. The move from three to six and a half, mathematically, obviously, is bigger than Pick'em, which is effectively zero, and three. So what we're saying is the effect of Jimmy G's absence, the effect of Kittle's absence, net-net combined is smaller than the effect of everything else that's happened to the 49ers, COVID-related in this, you know, in the last, what, three or four days. So, so to me, that is the wow. You know, like, oh, my gosh, this Lions, you know, was just a touchdown, San Fran, the Super Bowl representative for the NFC, a team that came in as one of the favorites to go back to the Super Bowl for the NFC. And all of a sudden now they're seven point home underdogs and now six and a half against a team that quite frankly, a Green Bay team that got, you know, borderline embarrassed last week by Minnesota. So it's not like Green Bay's playing all that well. And it shows you the COVID impact is gigantic. Certainly it is in this game. And we'll have a full handicap. Uh, Jonas, and, and quickly, and don't feel a need if you don't feel it, is what other team do you feel like is maybe sneaky impacted? Whereas like, well, this one people aren't really reacting to, but do you have any anything? And maybe Fez, you know, anyone. But let's start with Jonas. I don't. As far as this week goes, I, there's nobody that I can identify as having a real, real issue. I feel like teams are pretty prepared at this point. I think what we've pointed out, uh, there's clearly been a difference between Buffalo and New England since they had, had their run-ins with the schedule being moved around and their games being moved around. And I don't know if it's got anything to do so much with COVID or maybe it's just the scheduling or maybe Buffalo's just playing uh, tougher teams that are starting to figure out what they do. But those two jump out to me and still jump out to me as two teams that were in one place before they had to get their game scheduled and since then they're a fraction of what they were especially New England and that's really the way we broke it down yesterday which is you've got the effect the given week and we've talked about that and then the question becomes is there a lingering effect with Cam Newton the eye test says yes the stats say yes but it may not even be related right he could have went off his diet I don't know right but 
whenever you have a medical condition, like let's say mono, you got you can't take any of the stats. Oh wait, that's something else. Is with Cam, I do think it. You know, could it be a coincidence? I don't know, but I also know that maybe all that mis- mispractice hurt him because Cam certainly. We know what Cam looks like without a ton of discipline practice, right? That was the last couple of years in Carolina. Yeah, and we know what he looks like when Belichick had him, you know, pretty focused, which was Seattle, which was, uh, you know, opening week, and I think what was that Miami. So to me. It's a situation where Cam, something obviously is wrong. Fast, quickly, any team jump out at you? I think you nailed it with Cam because he really fell off the the rails. And he's a guy we expected would get better and better as he worked and got more reps. And then the Denver game, he played so poorly in the San Francisco game as well, RJ. It was like he was a completely different quarterback. Right out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Think about this. What is the motivation with Antonio Brown and Tom Brady specifically for the first game? Because obviously they're playing the Saints and it's a big game and Tampa Bay's favored by about four at home. To me... I think the last thing they want is Antonio Brown to have no catches because it will be leading shows on Monday. And I believe they will throw one or two or even three short passes. Just Again, just having a couple catches stops the conversation. Even if it's for 14, 17 yards eventually, it's no big deal, right? But if he's shut out, if he's... I think almost like back in the day when someone had like 110 games with a catch. I don't hear that as much anymore. But, you know, I remember big Ben Cunningham for the Eagles way back in the 80s had a long streak. And it was always a big deal late if he you know, didn't have a catch. And I believe we're going to see that. But I'm not so sure in week one how well he's going to do. So we're going to do a pure hedge. Now, what's a hedge? I'm going to bet over receptions because I think he's going to get some short ones, easy ones, and under yards. Okay? And really, I mean, in theory, you could lose both, but it's almost impossible. or Not almost impossible. It's a real long shot to lose both of these, but you can easily win both. So this is actually what hedge funds do is they literally will bet two different things in two different markets, maybe invest in their case. And the theory is it's mispriced in one market. I think his yards, Fez Brown, and you can give us estimates on what you think these are going to be and tell us what you think of the bet. I love the bet. I love the concept. I think he'll be lying three to three and a half catches and about 45 yards. So we'd be under 45 over, let's say, three and a half. All right, so if he Love catches it. four for 38 yards, we cash both. Now, if somehow he catches two for 70 yards, we lose both. I think the odds of us winning both are massively more than losing both. And if they split, you lose the VIG. And you don't want to lose the VIG, but, you know, it's one-tenth of a unit. What do you think, Jonas? 
No, I, I like it. I also wonder, because they're going to want to try and slowly work him into the offense. Bruce Arians was sort of playing a little, you know, on both sides of the fence. He could play 10 plays. He could play 35 or 35 plays. We're not, not quite sure. I mean, when he played the first time around with New England, what did he catch? He had four grabs in that game. So exactly. His, and, and, so, and that was a team that had nobody else around him. Well, this team's got Mike Evans. This team's got other weapons around that have slowly started to develop throughout the course of the season. So it stands to reason that we're not ex- exactly expecting Antonio Brown to go off in his first time with Tampa Bay against a pretty good Saints defense. The R.J. Bell epiphany hedge bat over receptions for Brown – under yards. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. RJ, week nine in the NFL kicks off later on tonight. A little over an hour from now in the Bay Area on Fox. It's the Packers at the 49ers. Green Bay is a seven-point favorite on pregame.com. Oh, it's back up to seven. All right. So, Fez, real quick first, I had... Quickly at the end of the last segment, my over-under NFL total of the month, I have under 48.5 in the Miami-Arizona game. What's your thoughts on it? You know, I love this under. You talked about how well the Miami defense have been playing the last three games. What has happened the last three games? Well, their shutdown corner, Byron Jones came back, and since then, Miami has not given up more than 17 points despite playing the Rams and San Francisco. That D is really playing well. Smart take from Steve Fezzik there agreeing with me. We're straight out of Vegas. All right, Jones did a great setup, Fez. I'll set it up just a little bit more. So this game, the look-ahead line a week before, before San Fran played last week against the Rams – that, oh, I'm sorry, Seattle, that look-ahead line was pick em, saying this game, Green Bay, should be pick em against San Francisco in San Fran. And then Kittle gets hurt, out. Jimmy G gets hurt, out. And line comes out after that, line's three. So Green Bay, a three-point road favorite. Now, between then, Monday morning, let's say, and now with the COVID It's gone up to six and a half and even seven. What do you like? I like San Francisco plus the points. I think this is an overreaction to all these injuries this week that San Francisco has had. Yes, their top three wide receivers for San Francisco are out. However, San Francisco has had a whole lot of success running the ball against Green Bay, blew them out twice last year running the ball, and frankly, that Green Bay defense couldn't even stop Minnesota the entire game running the ball, so I expect that San Fran, with two decent running backs still, is going to still have success running the ball. Okay, here's what concerns me about that, is all success in the NFL is predicated on having an alternative that you got to account for. If and, and, and the analogy is, well, how well does running happen? How well do teams run inside the 10-yard line? Let's say going in for a touchdown when you don't have to double-team anyone outside, right? Because you, you can't go any further than the end zone and it's all boxed up. And what happens? The yards are hard to come by. I'm not so sure that Green Bay doesn't say we're going to commit to stopping the run because it killed us. It embarrassed us. It's been the main narrative how badly we got beat with them, the 49ers, running on us. I don't think they'll let that happen. I don't think they'll let them get beat on the outside if they have to. 
But I'll tell you this. I think we agree on this. And I don't like Green Bay. I'm just saying I'm not so sure. It's just, oh, San Fran can run. Receivers don't matter. But, boy, I think this is a high-variance game. So maybe money line if you do like San Fran. Yeah, I really like that. The plus 250 on San Francisco. And let's face it, look at some of San Francisco's games this year. They got crushed at home against the Miami Dolphins. They blew out New England in Foxborough. There have been some real disparate games for this team. So this is like the opposite of a team you'd want to tease. So effectively, what you do in a teaser is you're buying six points. right? You're buying it and saying, give me extra six, baby. I'll lay the vig. Well, how valuable are the points? The more uh, consistent a team is, the more valuable. San Francisco has not had a single game this year within nine points of the spread. Every game the 49ers have had, either winning or losing against the spread, Jonas, has been more than nine points. So if you have a six-and-a-half, seven-point dog, play him on the money line. I really, really like that. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 